We are so glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much in you and through you, and we would love to hear about it. Would you send us an email at shannon at hectorfirst.com to tell us your story? You can also go online and give to this ministry by going to hectorfirst.com and clicking the Give tab. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you enjoy the message. What a day. What a day it's been. It's not over yet. I am... I this morning I had a well we just didn't get we just didn't get to the the word that I had prepared and uh, I was praying this afternoon God if it, if I don't need to if I don't need to share this tonight then we'll do it next week but uh, i didn't i didn't feel like uh I, I didn't feel released so we're going to we're going to go with what we've been doing on sunday mornings last sunday we started uh we started a series called uh haunted it's uh it's october everywhere you go there's scary things scary movies are out you know they have shark week in the summer and i'm, I'm i don't know this but there's probably crazy scary movies on tv now and uh that's not for me i don't do scary stuff that stuff will mess you up mess you up so i felt it fitting to to go in a direction about because we are all haunted by things in our past there's always something that's going to stir up emotions that tie to our past some that are just we just can't seem to get them out of our minds. And so tonight, I, I want to, we, last week we talked, last Sunday morning, we talked about uh, the story of, of Judah and Tamar, and, and both of them made mistakes, but yet God brought the lineage of the Messiah through Tamar and Judah, and we were able to have that lineage come to pass. How many of you know God doesn't make mistakes? How many of you think you've made mistakes? How many of you, how many of us have made mistakes? Let's do it. We have made mistakes. Go ahead and be turning with me to the book of Matthew chapter 26. This morning, Uncle Ricky was in, in, the, in the service. He was getting right around into this area of my sermon i didn't tell him this but about the disciples the disciples were in the boat and the storm this is not this is not my my text but it kind of gives a pretext a foreshadowing of where we're going tonight they were there when jesus calmed the storm they were there when he healed the blind man they were there when he fed the 5,000, they were there and seen many, many, many miracles that Jesus performed. They heard the parables. They heard the stories. They heard all of these things that Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, they were there. They witnessed it. Tonight, I want, to, I, want to, I want to key in on two disciples. 
two disciples that that we know that that scripture as it plays out there are some things that are hanging over them and they will forever be known by these mistakes if we've all made mistakes if we've all messed up if they were writing books about us if they're going to be writing books about us when we're long gone what will they be saying about you if your kids would write a book about you as you are, are, are getting older, if they were to write a story, write a book about you, what would they say? What would be in that book? When you start thinking of it like that, it's a very humbling thought. It's a scary thought. Do they remember the mistakes? Do they remember the, the, the missteps? Do they remember the harsh words? They remember the words of encouragement. Do they remember the words of love? All of these things, it plays in our lives day in and day out. We hang our faith on Scripture, on the Word of God, knowing that's true, knowing that it's God-breathed, knowing how it lines up from Genesis all the way through Revelation. The stories that we hold true to. Some of the greatest stories, the greatest stories that you will ever read, that you will ever hear. But within the pages of this great book, there are some stories of some mistakes. There are stories of heartbreak, of hurt, disappointment, discouragement, betrayal, remorse, repentance. We could go on and on of these type of stories that are written in the pages of this book. So from the disciples in the boat, possibly bailing water, wanting Jesus to help them bail, but what he does was something supernatural. He spoke to the storm. He brings hope into a hopeless situation. He brings peace into a disturbed situation. That's the king that we serve. Matthew chapter 26. I'm going to read several verses of scripture. So if you'll just hang tight with me. Matthew 26. I want to begin reading in verse 30. Matthew 26 and verse 30. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, you will, all fail, fall, you will all fall away because of me this night. That's really encouraging, isn't it? You're all going to fall away from me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised, I will, I will go before you to Galilee. And Peter answered, there's always one in the crowd. Right? There's always one. And Peter answered, though they all fall away, I'm not going to. They're all going to mess up, but not me. Not me. 
I will never fall away. And Jesus said, truly I tell you, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter again said, even if I must die. That's some pretty harsh words. That's some tough words. I'm going to die. I would die before anything like that would ever happen, before I even do anything like that, before the words like that come out of my mouth, I'm going, I would die before I ever said anything like that. He says, I will not deny you. And all the other disciples said the same. Same chapter. Turn, with, turn over to, chapter, to verse 69. Now Peter was sitting outside the courtyard, and the servant girl came up to him. I, we kind of we jumped over a lot, but we know the betrayal has happened. All of this is, you know, Judas has betrayed Jesus. Everything has happened. They're, they're getting ready to, to, they're bringing Christ in. And Peter's sitting there at the side of in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, you, are, you also were with Jesus the Galilean. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you mean. We can say one thing. We think we're tough. We think we're strong. We think we are faithful. We think we are true, we're tried and true, we're solid. I'm solid in my walk, I'm solid in my faith. But get people around you that aren't happy with the whole situation, we cave. We cave. And you might say that, I would never cave. Peter was one of the 12 disciples. Don't forget that. He was one of the 12. He fell Away, he messed up. That's just the first time. The first time. Verse 71, and he went out of the entrance, and another servant girl saw him and said to the bystanders, this man was with Jesus. And again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know that man. That's strong. I do not know him. Just a few verses back, the same chapter, he said, I would die before I say anything like that. He was one of the 12, one of the 12, one of the chosen. 73 says, and after a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, certainly, you are one of them, for your accent betrays you. You can say one thing, but we know how you talk, who you are. We know how you talk. We know how you talk, how you carry yourself. You are one of those that follow him. It says, and then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear. I do not know the man. 
And immediately the rooster crowed. And then Peter remembered. He remembered Jesus saying, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Can you imagine how he felt? And then it says at the end of verse 75, and it says, and he went out weeping bitterly. He knew he had messed up. He knew it. Now turn with me to chapter, well, same page in my Bible, but chapter 27, verse 3. And then Judas, his betrayer, then when Judas, his betrayer, saw that Jesus was condemned, I want you to get this, he was one of the 12 too. He changed his mind and brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. Now catch this. He said, I have sinned. I have betrayed innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? See to it yourself. And throwing down the 30 pieces of silver into the temple, he departed and went and hung himself. Two disciples, two of the 12 with mistakes, two of the 12 with things that were haunting them. My prayer for us tonight is that God would speak to us and not allow our past to continue to haunt us, to keep us from making heaven our eternal home. Would you pray with us? Father, thank you so much for your word, for this time that we can be in your house to feel your presence, to feel your anointing. God, I pray that you speak into each and every one of us. Let us feel everything. Let us know everything that you have for us. To know that our past are forgiven. But we make a decision whether we leave it there or we continue to carry it on. Tonight, we're going to see the difference and the difference it makes repenting and turning to you. Lord, I praise you. We glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If we talk about all the feelings and the emotions, that are happening within these pages of Scripture. <clears throat> there, are, there are emotions of feelings of betrayal, <clears throat> feelings of guilt, feelings of condemnation, feelings of remorse, feelings of regret, but there's also feelings of repentance, an action of repentance. 
on our daily, in, during our daily life, have you ever had these type of feelings? Have you ever felt emotions like remorse or condemnation or guilt and betrayal? Have you ever felt any of those? Those are, those are heavy feelings, aren't they? Feelings like you've been cast aside, cast away. Feelings like somebody has spoken to you and asked you not to do that or said you weren't going to do that and you do it anyway, immediate, immediately you feel remorse and regret. If we look at these two guys, these two disciples, Jesus immediately regrets, I mean, not Jesus, Judas immediately regrets his action. We read that. He takes the 30 pieces of silver that had been given to him for selling out Jesus. The 30 pieces of silver says he returns to the temple and confesses to the chief priests that are there. He says, I have sinned. I have betrayed innocent blood. He confesses. He confesses to the wrong crowd. He's telling them, I messed up. I was wrong. I shouldn't have done what I did. Here's my money back. And he throws it. Feeling the remorse, feelings that, that he had, rather than looking to Jesus for forgiveness, his guilt leads him to destruction. Instead of the, the, the man, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, the one that he followed, the one that he walked with, the one that he's seen and saw the miracles that happened and took place all around him, the one that he knew could give forgiveness, the one that he knew had the answers he did not go to. Instead, he allows his feelings to lead him to destruction. It's easy in the day that we live in to allow our feelings to destroy us. It's real easy for somebody to say something to you, say something about you, and it get back to you, say something to you or about you on social media, and all of a sudden your world is crashing all down around you and you want life to be over. That's how, that is how powerful our feelings are. And sometimes it's not even true. But we wear our feelings on our sleeve. We wear them outside. We think, well, and we're, just, we're, just, we're just feelings on top of our bodies and just flick one off and, oh, it's on now. It's on. Don't say anything about me. Don't do anything to me. Don't do anything. Don't say anything about my family either. Feelings. Feelings can lead 
to destruction. Because what's going to happen? You're going to pop off, and we're going to pop off, and things are going to get said, and things aren't going to be, it's not going to be, it's not going to be fun. And then destruction has happened. You know, have you ever had relationships where you said something wrong and that relationship has ended? You say things, they come out of your mouth and you wish you could just reach out and get them and shove them back in? We all have. Judas allowed his feelings to lead to destruction. Peter on the other hand, though he messed up, he found forgiveness. In Acts chapter 2, we know the story. He preached one of the greatest sermons, and over 3,000 gave their life to Christ and were baptized. Let me just put a plug in right here. If you have never been baptized, you need to be. It's biblical. If you have never, I don't care how old you are, if, um, we were in Ecuador, and we, had, we, were, we were doing baptisms, and we had a water tank. It was probably this tall, and we filled, it was cold water. At about 10,000 feet, there's no way you can warm that and keep it warm. But we, we had a stepladder to get in, and a stepladder inside so they could get down. And we had a, I don't remember how old she was. She was up in her 90s, maybe. She could not get up the stepladder and get down into that water tank that was about this tall. She couldn't do it. She was in her 90s, never had accepted Christ as her Lord and Savior. She accepted him. She wanted to be baptized, but she felt like there was nothing that could happen, that she could not make it happen. What did we do? Now, we don't believe in sprinkling, but we went and got a tea pitcher and just dunked, dumped it on her like three or four times, made sure she was wet all over. Her lips were blue and quivering by the time we got through. It's a promise. It's a commandment. It is something that you need to do. Be baptized. We'll have another baptism. If you want to be baptized, we will make sure it happens. The last words that Peter preached on that day in that sermon, he says, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Sound familiar? Sounds familiar. It says, those that repented were baptized, and about 3,000 people were saved. I'm going to say something. You probably ain't going to like it. But as sinners, as sinners, that's us, we were all sinners, right? As sinners, we are closer to Judas than we are to Jesus. I see looks. Where's he going to go with that? We look more like Judas than we do like Jesus. We must learn to go to Jesus for forgiveness or else our past decisions will lead to destruction. 
If I choose to not ask for forgiveness for my mistakes, I'm Judas. I can go to church. I can do everything that I feel is right, but never confess. You with me? Steal a Judas. I'm not going to ask for forgiveness. I'm not going to go to that person that I hurt. I'm not going to do this or do that because it makes me uncomfortable or it is wrong for me to have to do this. It's Judas. Judas. We can be more like Judas and allow our feelings lead to destruction than we can be like Jesus who can forgive us. And free us from everything. When Matthew begins to talk about Judas and his repentance at this point, soon after Peter's denial of Jesus, Jesus' two disciples are being presented in in contrasting reactions of their denials. We read at the end of Peter's experience, it says that he wept bitterly. Judas hung himself. Two very different endings to their mistake. The figure of Judas is intended to shock us And deter us. Because we know the story of Judas. We all know the story of Judas. We know that he hung himself because he sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. We know that story. How many, how many times in our, in our life that we've had, we've heard something or in in a conversation of somebody, well, they've got, they've, they're, you know, you, Judas, you call them Judas or because they took something back or they did something that betrayed you and you, you refer to them as Judas. We know what that means. Everybody knows what that means, right? And we all know the story of Peter. We all know it was a Sunday school story. There was a felt board, Sister Vicky. there was a felt board, wasn't there, with a rooster on it, wasn't there? I'm sure there was. If there ain't, there should have been. Amen? They know. Peter denied Christ three times even after telling him that he wouldn't. But yet he did. And as soon as that rooster crowed, how did he feel? How did he feel? Judas's act of hanging himself was an act of despair. There was other times in, in Scripture in, in the Old Testament, Saul, and he was at the point of being captured by the enemy. He fell upon his sword. He took his own life. There are times in, in traditions within the Scripture that considered that taking of one's life was a noble way to die. But to other groups of people, Jewish people, 
It's not. Especially strict Palestinian Judaism. It regards it as evil. Ancient readers would have would have viewed Judas's act as selfish or negative in a, in a negative light than they would have, let's say, the in, in, like this morning we talked about in in Acts chapter sixteen. The jailer, Paul and Silas, are in the jail. They're bound up. They begin to pray and sing, and the power of God moved and shook the foundations of the jail, and all of the doors flung open. The chains fell off. There's a sermon in that. The power of God began to move. No matter what bounds you, no matter what binds you, no matter what holds you back, when God moves, you can be free. But the jailer didn't know what was going on because he did not understand. And at the point of taking his own life, because he knew that he would be held accountable for what had just happened within his jail on his watch. And the grace of God, the mercy of God took place, took over and took place in his life. And it wasn't just him, it was his household as well. That in the middle of a situation, when you think there is no other way out, God provides a way of escape. Mercy shows up. Grace is there. Grace gives you what you don't. Grace doesn't give you what you deserve. Mercy gives you what you don't deserve. N.T. Wright. One of my favorite theologians, he says this. When we saw, we saw when we looked at Peter at the end of chapter 26 that there is a big difference between remorse, such as that of Judas, and repentance, such as that of Peter. There's a vast difference between the two. Vast difference. There's a big difference between remorse and repentance. We can be sorry for what we've done, but we've never repented and asked for forgiveness. There's a big difference. You come? Please. Judas is seized with remorse. So much so, he acts hastily. He takes the 30 pieces of silver and returns to where he got it, and he threw it into the temple, saying, I know I messed up. I sold Jesus innocent blood. I betrayed him. I betrayed my Lord. Two disciples, two of the twelve, two of the ones that, I, that, that, that saw him perform miracle after miracle, two of them that saw him heal the blind, two extremely different reactions. Are we going to allow the things in our past to hold us back from true repentance? 
Are we going to allow the things in our life, the things that hold us back, are we just going to be remorseful? Are we just going to be sorry for it? Or are we going to make things right with the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Because Judas, he did not choose that one. He chose to just go to the wrong crowd thinking maybe, I don't know, maybe that that was enough. I don't think so. He had heard the stories. He had heard the parables that were taught. He had been there. He saw him feed the multitude. Five loaves, two fish, thousands of people. He saw him break bread and continued to break bread. He was there. But he chose just remorse. There was no repentance. See, we can look at the tar- we can look at the verbs in, in the Greek and, and we can look at the difference and, and what it really means. One means there's two types of verbs that is used in these in this in these stories. One means repentance, and another one, the remorse, that word actually means change of mind change of heart there's no true repentance Judas does acknowledge that he messed up Judas does acknowledge that he sinned scripture says he sinned I have sinned and betrayed but he ran out took his life He confesses to the wrong group of people. Just simply gives up. If we as a church, if we as Christians, if we as believers, if we are as children of the living God, if that's you, would you stand? If you are a child of the God, child of the King, child of the one true God, if we cannot accept and embrace God's mercy, we will be haunted by our past. If you can't accept the mercy of God, the grace of God, you will continue to live in regrets. You will continue to be haunted by the mistakes of your life. And that leads to destruction. It leads to destruction. we can't get past the mistakes if we can't move forward I don't know who this is for tonight but there are times in our lives when we feel like we can't get through the wall we can't break that ceiling we can't break through we cannot get our breakthrough A lot of times it's us we're holding we're holding back I'm holding back look if I want my relationship with my wife to be a good relationship then when I mess up 
when I say a hurtful word to her, if I don't go back and make things right, my relationship is damaged. It's damaged. If I don't go back and say, Susan, I'm sorry for what I said. I did not mean to hurt you. If I don't go back and do that, if I don't feel, if I don't feel that repentance or forgiveness is needed, then that relationship is damaged. And if I continue to do that in, day in and day out, sooner or later, there will be no relationship. She will leave. But here's the thing about our God. I mess up. You mess up. He never leaves. He never leaves. It's me the one that leaves. If I want my relationship to be good with Him, I've got to be proactive and talk to Him. I've got to be proactive and spend time worshiping Him. I've got to be proactive in getting His Word. If I want to know what His plan is for my life, then I've got to get in His Word. Look, I've been saying that for months, years. If you want to know who He is, get in His Word. If you want to know what He has for you, get in His Word. If you want answers, get in His Word. It is there. It is there. It comes alive. It comes alive. We are, I said at the beginning, God doesn't make mistakes. We do. We do. Judas was chosen. Okay? I'm, I'm, we're fixing to close. Fixing to come to the altar. Judas was chosen. We'll all agree to that, right? He was one of the twelve. Acts chapter 1. If Luke is the author of Acts, Luke is writing, he's naming all of the twelve. Judas was named. Chapter 1. If God can see back past the mistakes of Judah, uh, or of, of, yeah, Judah and Tamar, like we talked last week, and Peter and, and Judas today, he can see past your mistakes. And you might say, why would I even allow Judas to be in that? Don't you think, don't you know that God, if God doesn't make mistakes, he had a plan for Judas anyway? There was a plan, but Judas allowed himself to fall away. He had a plan. If you go all the way over into Revelation, chapter 21, verse 14, it talks about the city, the new Jerusalem. And it says there were 12 foundations of the new city. And upon every foundation, there was 12 stones, and upon every one of them was the 12 names of the apostles. 
Judah, Judas was at one time one of the twelve. Judas's name could have been inscribed on the foundation of the new Jerusalem. But we know that he hung himself and they cast lots and another one was chosen. All because he chose not to repent. God's plan for you is supernatural. God's plan for you is divine. It's anointed. It's called by God. Your plan. Are you going to choose to be like Judas and allow your feelings to lead to destruction? Or are you going to be like Peter? Let it lead to repentance. In the day we live in, it could be the return of the Lord could be, it's imminent. It can happen at any moment. It could be tonight. I'm not trying to scare you, but yes, I'm trying to scare you. I remember my grandpa scaring me to death every single service. I wanted to be right. I wanted to make heaven my home. It's that true. It's that serious. It is that real. Am I going to be found in this place or in this place? The question is easy. The response is the hard part. That's the hard part. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed tonight. Simple question. Where are you at? Where are you at in this conversation? Where are your feelings? Where are you at? What will you allow happen to you? Because we allow our feelings. That's me. That's me. I, 
I wish I could step out. There's something holding me back, and I wish that that wasn't there. Would you pray with me? Pray for me. Draw us to an altar, an altar of prayer and repentance.